Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Welcome to the third dose of Right Now-ish's music series, Bay Area musicians who I know and I think you should know. Today, I'm talking to an artist who is currently in the midst of a stint where she's dropping a three-track EP every first Friday for six months straight. My biggest question, how? This is Jada Imani. Her music is like neo-soul meets lyrical hip-hop served over a hot plate of vibes. On today's show, we discuss how she gets inspiration from anger-inducing parking tickets, empowering Mac Dre lyrics, and the noises that tree frogs make. More from Jada Imani after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there. I'm Randa Dilfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Where'd you get the seed planted? Where did you start learning about hip-hop culture? I was born into it because my parents were both very young, hip-hop heads when they had us, and music was the only thing that we really had to grasp onto when it came to culture. We moved to the Bay when I was about 10 years old, but before that, we were in kind of the rural Midwest. 
this little town called Belleville. Right outside of East St. Louis, about five, 10 minutes drive is where I was born. <laughs> and there wasn't much happening. It was just kind of desolate in a, in a way. Um, so it was hip hop and music that gave me life. Will you find hush when the empire shouting? Will you climb up when the punks start crowding? Will you call to when the wolves go howling? Full moon and Libra, so I look up at it. At her, at least I buy, not least I fly. I think both of my parents have always been very conscious of like the world they live in to the extent that there could be. And my dad especially was always very radical and very pro-black and just like, you need to understand. You need to understand the world is not set up for us. Like the music was the medium that he taught me through. The last poets, uh, he was big on them. Up down on the corner, up down. There was this one song, he's like, cause the white man's got a God complex. That was one of his favorite things to say. And there's a lot from Bob Marley too. When the rain falls, it don't fall on one man's housetop. I remember that. And that's something, not only the actual like content and that way of thinking, but also the skill of teaching is something that you've inherited as well, right? Yeah, actually. It's funny because that's my main, that's like the bread and butter of my work. As, like the music happens when it can and I do it as much as I can, but um, my like day job is teaching. I know it's like that for so many artists, you know, you kind of find the margins to work in, but you're working a lot right now. You have a series of EPs set to drop six months consecutively. What makes you embark on something like that? It's a legacy because um, a lot of the artist community that I have right now and the kind of trajectory that I'm on was birthed through these First Friday shows that we did. Welcome to Castle Vision First Friday. Myself, my brother, and my best friend, um, we started them together at uh, the Island Blue First Center for Justice right there on Telegraph and 25th uh, every first Friday. It went on every month for three and a half years. Right now, the world is completely different, but I can still like tap into some of that monthly First Friday energy by dropping the collaborative projects. Oh, hello, gorgeous. Welcome to this EP. This is Jada Armani with the First Friday three-track EP drops. You know what it is. So that's yeah. kind of the idea. And also because I need that accountability, you know, to keep creating. How's the Bay influenced your art? Oh my gosh. In so many ways. The Bay taught me how to dance. I need to dance. I need to dance. I need to move my body. The Bay has also like influenced a lot of my style and the ability to like really rock thrift shops, not because that's all you can afford like growing up, but because like you can make that fly. One thing that I really admire about the Bay 
uh, is that there is a strong activist history and there's also a strong hyphy history. And when we're talking about bringing those sounds together, like what does it mean to talk about um, identity and power over like a bass slapper? But yeah, it's hard to say what the Bay hasn't done for me. I have, I owe, I owe so much to the Bay. <laughs> Especially with the first project, we sampled Mac Dre, and it was like an ode to the Bay, and that was like part of the tone. You mentioned the Mac Dre line. That's what inspired me to ask you that question. I'm, you sampled the line. Uh, sometimes I'm not myself. Sometimes I'm another man. Myself. Sometimes I'm not myself. Huh? I'm another man. I'm a rock star. What made you sample that line specifically? I really enjoyed that line in particular because he was like, you don't know who I am or I can recreate who I am, you know, or like you might see me one way because of the body I live in, but you know, what else is there? And also it's just like some like um, sassy clapping back against um, misogyny, you know? I do not feel like a lady that they put in cans Cause I never been bite-sized ever in my life Nor do I try my spoon on these wise guys I was like 16 feeling myself Cause so much of the reason why I felt like I couldn't talk Is because um, I was born into a girl's body, you know? And like, so, so much of what inspires me to write Is like being, is like clapping back at the, at the patriarchy It's a high vibration clap back, if you will <laughs> Let's go! High vibration clap back. I love it. But another line that stands out to me, uh, correct me if I butcher it, it's reading looks, reading hooks, reading minds, reading charts. Did I say that right? Reading books and reading hearts, reading signs and reading charts. Read myself, it's a work of art. Reading books, reading charts, read myself, it's a work of art, way more work than a fall apart. I was um, really, and I still am really a, like astrology nerd. So reading like birth charts and also like that was part of my hustle when I didn't want to get a nine to five and I wanted to only do things I genuinely enjoyed. I did birth charts, I read birth charts for people. <laughs> and then reading myself, like, you know, introspection, is hard work, but like you can't let yourself fall apart. You got to, you know, you got to keep reading into it. All right, while we're breaking down music, the song Ticket, what was the thought process behind that one? Bruh, I got a $300 ticket, dog. They wanna give me ticket, but I'm living all. I think they hit it me. And then I was on my CP time stuff where I didn't pay it before the deadline. And then I tried to call and pay it, and then they wouldn't let me. Maybe it'll accrue more fees. And then I just started breaking down. I was just like, you know what? This adulting, like, you know? And I called my mom. She was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And then I was just like, no. And I started crying. I was just the stress tears, the anger tears, you know? And then I just started singing. Turned out to be one of my favorite songs so far, and I think it's one of my favorites because raw, how raw it was. You know, I didn't really think about it too much. It was honest. When I hear it, I instantly thought coming of age. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It was like, okay, I want to be an adult, but I don't. I don't cut stuff like this. Unfortunately, there's no turning back. <laughs> No, it's good. It's a, it's a good life. 
So you're calling us from Hawaii right now, where you've been for the past couple of months. I'm wondering, is that experience influencing the music that you're making? That's such a big question because I'm constantly processing it, um, how few black folks are here. I see more white folks than brown folks, indigenous folks out here. And I'm like, who gets to be here and who doesn't and why? I'm really grateful to have like the access to the kind of retreat that I need to grow and like heal um, from my own like hurts and things. And I'm hella grateful for that. My family's here for the moment and my like homies are here, collaborators are here. And it's an amazing place to be able to quarantine and like heal and create together. And um, in terms of like the overarching like narrative that's going on here about the history of colonization and how it shows up in present day, I think about it all the time. There's colonization all over, you know, in the Bay, like there's gentrification, all these things, but it is different right here. You know, it really does. It really does. The koki frogs are really loud at night. They sound like birds. And so when I'm recording at night, they get into the recordings of the songs. And so it ended up being the whole soundscape of last month's EP, um, or the first month's EP, Saline. Literally the sounds of the rainforest are entering the music now. <laughs> So being that your parents put that seed in you in terms of like hip hop history, culture, the importance of, of the art, what role do you play? I think I'm a weaver of community. Like to hold space and open up space, whether it be the community center or a cafe where folks can cipher um, for poets or hip hop artists to come together and see each other's craft and like love on each other. And I just really love when people see each other and connect with each other who might have not otherwise and see themselves and feel celebrated. Like that's the magic for me. So that's a yeah, a big part of my role. I got some things for you when you give me Jada Imani, the educator, artist, organizer, and so much more. Thank you. Thank you for your time, for your work, and for your music. You all can keep tabs on her craft by checking out her music on just about all major platforms and following her on Twitter or Instagram at JadaImani510. The producers behind this episode are Julie Chang and Marisol Medina Cadena. Our editor is Jessica Plachik. Our engineer is Sil Mother. Engagement team is Kiana Mogadam. Lena Blanco and Sarah Pineda. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, reminding y'all that this is the third part in our Right Nowish music series. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's going down. And if you've got some time, it'd be helpful if you took our KQED podcast survey. It's linked in our show notes. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Thanks.